What is up, beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to episode two of FML Talk. I have been so touched with the outpour of excitement and love that you guys have shown over episode one. I was so overwhelmed reading all of your comments and your feedback, and I am so excited that I'm going to get to be here with you every week. As you saw on my Instagram, we officially just launched the Eat, Pray, FML merch. Um, I can't even believe I'm saying that. I never in a million years thought that I would be doing an Eat, Pray, FML line, but here we are, and I'm so excited about it. It turned out so cute. I handpicked everything, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure when you get whatever you ordered, if you take or post a picture, to tag me so I can see it and hashtag FML Talk and Eat, Pray, FML so we can share the post. Now, I told you all last week, today I'm bringing on my probably most special guest, my mom, but if you guys think this is going to be a normal mother-daughter sit-down, you are highly fucking mistaken. (laughs) We get into her experience as a mother watching me get my heart ripped out and stepped on multiple times, sex, and some of her biggest FML stories that she's never even shared publicly. So this was like kind of a big deal for her. So sit back, grab a cocktail. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not chapter 6 He did what? 48. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, everybody. Um, So my guest today is (laughs) someone that I've known for 31 years. Um, I quite quite literally came out of her. And um, you would know her from E.T., Cujo, The Howling about 200 plus other films and a myriad of commercials. Uh, it's my my awesome mommy, Dee Wallace. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. So let's let's start with how the how the pandemic has been treating you. Um, you know, like everybody, I felt it challenging. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I think it's challenging to consciously keep ourselves balanced through all of it and keep saying, what can I do? What can I create today? Um, what can I put out in the world? How can I stay positive? You know, and if you do that, it it helps, don't you think? Totally. You're also the busiest woman on the planet. So when normal people have slowed down and taken time off, you got more busy. <laughs> well, because I create stuff. I'm the same way. We have to work. We gotta. We gotta be doing stuff. Again, the apple doesn't <laughs> fall very far from the tree. I mean. For, for me, if I'm creating something, I'm in balance and I feel happy. Yeah. And a lot of that creating is if I'm giving to other people. Yeah. You know. Well, good. That's why I love you. That's why everybody loves you. Well, That's one thanks. of the things in my self-love cocktail is creating. Got to do it. You have to. So, we're going to uh <laughs> we're going to talk about the book a little bit. Oh, Really? (laughs) Um, But I want to start with, so my mom read the book two times. The first time was when it was in its raw form before I had really kind of like gone through and done my edit process. And it was really quick after I came back from Europe, probably in November, you read it. And I came back in October. So it was very close to you know, after all the stuff we had gone through more or less together, you had witnessed me going through. So 
Talk to me about your first reaction of when you first read the book. Okay, honestly, first of all, everybody has to know I I have a whole healing practice of my own that I do um, called Conscious Creation, and I have followers all over the world. And honestly, my first reaction was, holy hell, everybody's going to see what a slut my daughter is. Thank you. I just got slut shamed on my own podcast. So let's start with that issue. (laughs) You know, from a mother's point of view, we always fall into that. Is this going to hurt her? Do I need to protect her? Right. And so that's where I went the first time. That's fair. Honestly. Um, And then I remembered some of my own earlier years. When when you were a slut. I did not call myself a slut, but my mother might have, <laughs> have done, you know, I came from Kansas, so anything out of the norm makes you a slut. <laughs> um, and then I went into, wow, how much guts you had to really walk your talk and tell the truth. Because I know a lot of people wanted you to water stuff down and change things. And I really honor and respect you for that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I do remember after you read it, you came into my room and sat down and said, did you wear a con? Did you use a condom with all these people? (laughs) Again, it's our job to protect our kids. Yeah. Well, I... That's a fair question. It's a fair question. And I think we even had a discussion about the fact that you had a responsibility to include that in the book. Right. We did. So my mom, when she read the version that was about to go to print, was like, you know, Gabrielle, you mentioned that you have unprotected sex with Javier in Europe, which I did and I own. And I didn't comment on that in the book. And she said, I feel like you have a responsibility because there's going to be so many, you know, younger girls yes. reading this material to state why you made that decision and if it was a good decision. And so I did. I went back and wrote an additional two paragraphs in that chapter saying, you know, we did choose to have unprotected sex. I would only ever do this with someone I really trusted with my body who I knew was taking care of stuff on their side. Um and that it's never a smart thing to do yeah. with anyone you don't know very, very well and deeply. I was very happy that you received that. Well, I think it was a really good point, And I'm happy that I did go back and include it. Good. I remember it was right before we were about to go to print, too. Yeah. So I was like, God damn it, I have to rewrite stuff and send it back to my formatter. And it was a real pain don't in the swear. ass. But don't swear. You're on FML talk. I, just for that, you need to stop and like, give me a good F-bomb, Deanna. Come on. Fuck you. Thank you. There we go. That's more like it. Um, okay. So what about when you were reading it? Was it was it fun and easy for you to read or was it more difficult? Like you had to drudge up all these things that you had witnessed? Because to be honest, my divorce, I think, was harder on you. Well, Sure. Of course it was. It was just hard on a lot of levels. I mean, I laughed and I cried, which everybody that reads the book says that, I know. But I think mothers do it on a whole different level. But to relive um, all the ways that you were hurt and abused and disrespected and lied to, it hurts a mother's heart. Mm -hmm. It does. 
And yet also, I think it's even strengthened our bond because we were right there with each other dealing with this, you know, whole thing, getting the papers to serve him when he got there and yeah. um, getting all the stuff out of the house that needed to be gotten out of the house. And yeah, I think any mother would say, Gabrielle, when your heart hurts, my heart hurts. Yeah. I never really understood that until I went to your live show when you did Naughty Baby and sat in the audience and had such a panic attack and was so nervous. I was like, holy shit, how did she sit through so many dance recitals? Like, yeah. I couldn't breathe. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh, if this is what it's like to be a mother, I don't know. <laughs> it is, but the the joy and the pride that you have makes it all worth it. Yeah. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So what do you, I know some of the questions that got submitted from, from readers and uh, listeners, um, were how do you feel about Daniel and Javier now that we're all on the other side of everything and pretty much the same, the same as in what I think they're both assholes. (laughs) I think I, I think there's a difference. Because my take is that Daniel did everything on purpose and with malice. And consciously. And consciously. Yeah. Well, purpose, yes. And Javier, I think, is just damaged and is not dealing with his damage and therefore could not move forward with you. But you remember that moment in my kitchen that I looked at him and said, don't hurt my kid. And he said, what do you mean? She's She's the the strongest strongest woman I know. And I said, you don't know her like I know her. She's been through a lot. Don't hurt my kid. So of course. Yeah. When we, I remember Uh, when I was getting picked up to go to the airport, because I was obviously still living at your house post-divorce, um, and Javier was coming to pick me up. I looked at you, and you were like, I, I love you, and we're going to say bye now, but I can't be here when he gets here. Well, and you know, I have different takes on grief. Um, 
as you know, I have had an enormous amount well, yeah. of tragedy in my life. Um, we both have. And I think that's why yeah. I, for one, was so sympathetic and wanting to and I support and be there. Yeah. Which because, is interesting because we've gone through so many of the same griefs. <laughs> well, yes, but we pick ourselves up, mm-hmm. deal with what we have to deal with, raise our consciousness from the challenges mm-hmm. and move on. Right. And for somebody to still be using something two, three, four years later, mm-hmm. that's, to me, egotistical. Mm. Yeah. And it's hard to say that and not be looked at as judgmental because you never know what people are going through. But I, I well, see I both sides I of it. Well, I guess I'm being judged up. No. <laughs> but I see both sides of it. So I get it. I do too. So let's... uh. Let's let's make a hard left and go back into the early sluttier days of D Wallace and um, tell me about one of your biggest dating regrets. Oh my god! <laughs> when you all sent me these questions, <laughs> I went. I mean, I I really had to search because I always attract really nice guys. Oh, whatever. Hold on. Okay. I don't think I've ever told you this story. Oh, good. So I had just, I think I was probably, first of all, I'd never been out of Kansas in my life. And I went to New York by myself. And I guess I'd been there three months. And I met this guy who was extremely wealthy. Um, seemed like a really nice guy, took me to beautiful restaurants, which, you know, coming from a poor family in Kansas was, it was like... So you guys were dating? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we dated for a while. Was he older than you? Uh, yes. How much? Not much. Maybe (laughs) seven years. I'm trying to picture him, you know. Um... So eventually he said, would you like to come back to my place? And I... After a few dates. After lots of dates. Okay. Yeah. Because you're from Kansas. Okay. Continue. (laughs) As opposed to the slut in FML. Guys, we are joking. Um, Yes. I am a proud, independent woman that sleeps with who I please. Okay. Continue. Okay. (laughs) I said, sure. Okay. And we got up there and he... Fixed us a a glass of wine, and then he aggressively started coming on to me and kind of threw me down on the bed and opened this drawer in my... I've never seen anything before or after. What was in the fucking drawer? There was every kind of spermicide, every kind of condom, every kind of vibrator. I mean, it was like... Like a Fifty Shades of Grey drawer. Yes! Yes! Well, you know, my little Kansas, I went, oh. You said, I don't want that big giant dildo up my butt. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I said, you know, I, I think this was a mistake. No, no, you're going to love this. He said, Ew. And I said, no, I'm not. And I'm getting up and I'm leaving now. And I don't want to see you anymore. 
because this is, it's just not my bag. And this was way before you were ever D Wallace. Yeah, it scared me. But then he let you leave? He did. He argued a little bit more, but he was smart enough to know that I had said a very distinct no. And, um, but it scared me. Yeah. It, and it, it made me lose trust in myself about how I judged people. Ju- yeah. And weighed who they were. Right. So it took me a while because you know me, Gab. I, I just look at everybody and see their soul. Yeah. Except for Javier. Uh, <laughs> I saw that right away. Oh and, uh, <laughs> you know, but Daniel. Oh, you love Everybody Daniel. loved Daniel. I the know. entire family, all our friends. I know. There were select few that that said they didn't like him at first, but then he swayed them. Oh, but my god! He, he's a car salesman. Yeah. He's the best at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the Bullshit guy- salesman is more appropriate. <laughs> so the guy that freaked you out and you left, was he- like a hot guy where you were like, oh, you know, okay, it's it's weird that you have all this stuff, but you're really hot. Or was he like not really hot? You just fell in love no, with no. his personality and it made it even creepier. No, no, he was really hot. Okay. So it wasn't like a Christian Grey situation. And very suave and uh, picked me up in a Bentley from oh, my um, Who even studio in apartment. Rich people. Right. <laughs> And I can't even remember what he did. He, he probably didn't really, really tell me what he did. Right. But. That's wild. I just remember the drawer. <laughs> oh, was, my God. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, so now I want to hear your biggest FML story oh. in a relationship. I already know who we're going to be talking about. Really? I, I mean. the Okay, wait. Let me just preface this with the amount my mother hates Daniel and Javier. If you combine those and put another 10% and a cherry on top, that's probably how I feel about this next person coming up. Where do I begin? (laughs) Um, You know, when you get older, it's nice to have someone to share your concerns, share the household duties. Share life with. Yeah. Sam was exciting. He was exciting. He was intelligent, and smart, and incredibly good in bed. So he was he was an older Javier, is what you're saying. <laughs> Apple, yeah, far Apple from the tree. Yeah. <laughs> so we started dating and we dated for quite a while and everything there weren't any real red flags for me. There let me just there were for me. Oh, what, what red flags before uh, well, like he moved two, in? Yeah, like two weeks into when you guys were dating, you called me, or no, you came home and you were like, Sam just called me. He got into a car accident because he took Ambien and got behind the wheel and didn't know he was out of bed because he was upset about something. I was like, well, that's a, that's a giant red flag flying over here, mom. Now that you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we never see it when we're in it. We see it when we're on the other side of it. Okay, anyway, (laughs) we dated for quite a while. I felt like I knew him really well. He treated me really well. And so um, he moved in. He was living in an apartment, and 
Everything was fine for a while. Okay, until it wasn't. Take us there. (laughs) Until it wasn't. So I was teaching this huge weekend of healing with 25 clients in my house. And I went back during the break to say hi. And he'd fallen asleep at the computer. And he was in mid-conversation um with a woman that he was arranging to get together with. Ugh. First of all, how do you fall asleep in the middle of a conversation? I'll, I'll answer that for you. Substances is how you do that. Um, and in your fucking house. Like, no, sir. Okay, continue. Okay, well, obviously that hit me right here. And um, Sam did have some medical problems that I used to help excuse Mm -hmm. me from looking at this. We had a big talk, and we decided we'd try again. And then some other really demeaning uh, things happened. And I said, look, this isn't working. You have to move out. And he he said, no, not going to. I said, what do you mean you're not? He said, well... You know, I live here. I've lived here for so many months. So, and he squatted. Yeah, he started squatting. Yeah, and I he and sat I down called and the took police. a big dump and squatted. I called the police, and they said, "There's nothing we can do. Get him to hit you." Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of women, <sighs> and about a lot of women that are listening to this and watching this, have had some experience. With that, um, you know, women, along with a lot of the minorities that are so rightfully getting their attention now these days, but women in general have been second-class citizens for a long time. Yeah. We're just really rising up into our own power. Yeah. Now. And then you add any kind of color or, you know, demographic to that, it multiplies it even worse. Absolutely. So ultimately, in order to get him to leave, well, first of all, my little brother, who was a policeman, came out and stayed the month with me because everybody was afraid that I might get harmed. I okay. First of all, I never thought I. I of course you didn't. But I was in Florida shooting a movie, and I was FaceTiming with you because I was freaked out that I couldn't be there. You were sleeping with a knife under your bed because you were so scared. Under and my pillow. Under your pillow. Sorry. And your door locked like a giant fucking butcher knife, like <laughs> massive. And I had my ex boyfriends calling me saying, do I need to go over there? Should I go over and like stay with her and make sure she's okay? Like everyone was really freaked out. Like he was scary, not scary in like the physical, I'm physically afraid of you, scary in like the, I'm going to lose it. And like the crotchety, like scary, just gremlin of a man. Like he was just mean. Well, I like you and Javier. I, I did not see him that way. Right. Um, so uncle Damon came out. So uncle Damon came out and spent the month with us, which totally freaked Sam out. 
And um, ultimately, to make a long story really short, I had to pay him a lot of money to get out of the house. Yeah. And when he left, finally, what did Uncle Damon say to him? There was like an exchange between the two. Well, because Damon um, had used all his training to really get Sam on his side, right? And make him think that... They were buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Bros. And... um, so as Sam was walking down the driveway, he said something derogatory about me to Damon. And Damon just looked at him and said, buddy, if I ever see you walk on this property again, it'll be the last time or something. Yeah, like. dude. I mean, like all FML stories, you can either become more empowered mm-hmm. by it or you can become more of a victim. Yes. So you and I always choose the empowerment road. Yeah. What's the point of being a victim? That's so important for anybody that's listening to this is that when shit happens to you in your life, you can choose to let it affect you for years and years and become this big gaping wound that's never going to heal. Or you can choose to recognize it and decide to flip it on its head and create something magical for yourself out of it. Well, yeah, because ultimately there was something in me, some lack of respect and honor for myself that opened that door to allow Sam to come in. Mm -hmm. So I have to accept what I needed to heal in myself also so that I didn't attract that lesson into my life ever again. You can grieve and feel it and and be in it as much as you need to 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 really feel it and resonate with it, but then you gotta You've gotta pick up on. and dust your ass off. Well, and consciously be aware of those things within you like I'm not good enough or I'm getting older or oh he's so much smarter than me. You know, this is would be exciting. All those uh, kind of Midwestern things that had lurked inside me for so long in regards to relationships Mm -hmm. that I really wasn't aware were running me. And yet, if I go back to my childhood and watch what was modeled to me in my own family, my father was an alcoholic, very abusive to my mother. And every night I kind of had to pull him off of her and take care of my little brother and make sure he was safe. As negative as that sounds, when you grow up with that, you kind of experience that that's the way the world is. Mm -hmm. And accept it in a weird way. Yeah. And then you attract different people that kind of play that out. And when you really realize that, that's your freedom. Yeah. I think that's I a lot of the healing stuff that I wrote in Eat, Pray, FML was because I grew up in a household with you. And I watched you help all these people and change your life around with your work. So it naturally trickled down into me. And I kind of revamped it into a way that I was able to really grasp and use it on a day-to-day. 
And I think you did a brilliant job, baby. Thanks, Mommy. Yeah, well, I hear from a lot of people, a lot of my clients that got your book, um, men and women, that it really helped them look inside themselves and find some things that they needed to address so that they could be more powerful. Didn't one of your older clients call you after and say, I'm getting a divorce? Yes. (laughs) She said, Dee, when I read um, Eat, Pray, FML, I said, I've been living with this for over 20 years, and I'm better than this. And she did. She divorced him, and she's happy. I love it. That's great. Well, go her. It's it's great as long as she walks into her own empowerment. Yeah. You know, and creates somebody who honors her now. Totally. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, mom. You're welcome, daughter. Was this was this wildly fun like you expected? It was wildly fun. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing about your past relationship shit shows. It makes me feel less bad about myself. I I think probably every mother and daughter could say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of mother and daughter a lot of mother and daughters probably also don't talk so candidly about That's true. All you the, and I all the things. You and I our life is just there it is and we share it with each other. So normally at the end of the show I would tell my guests to let the audience know where they can find you online, but I know that you do not know that. So you can find my <laughs> wonderful mother at the D Wallace on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, come come play with us online. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're some strong broads. Yeah. You fell into a really good group here. <laughs> All right. I love you, Mom. I love you too, babe. My mother <laughs> is, besides one of my favorite people on the planet, um, she is so good at being my mom, but is also really great at being my best friend too. Um, that was so, so cool to have her here. So next week, everybody, is the episode that everyone has been waiting to hear. Um, all of the drama, all of the inside scoop of what has been going on with the Instagram hacking and everything that's gone down this past month with my lovely ex-husband, Daniel. I promise you I will spill all of the details and we will get into the nitty gritty on how to cope and deal with a fucking narcissist. If you have not checked out the FML merch that we just launched, it is on the website, www.eatprayfml.com. That is also where you can get your signed copies. As always, make sure you guys subscribe. You can catch all the guest episodes on YouTube. And until we get our FML Talk Instagram page back, you can keep up with the podcast and me at Gabrielle Stone on Instagram. I will see you guys next week. Buckle the fuck up because we're about to really go there. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration 
that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.